Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear friends in our Lord, set in the pavement of a St. Louis museum is a large stone. And in that stone is carved a rather profound statement. The inscription reads, The past is beauty. It is also burden. It is where we go, many of us, to remind ourselves who we are and even sometimes to find out. The past. Where we go to remind ourselves just who we are and even sometimes to find out. Certainly All Saints Day does just that. Reminds us who we are as we go back to the past and recall who the church has been. Today is the day when we recall the saints of old. Those Christians who have been bold in their confession, even unto martyrdom, even going unto death. Their death rather than forsaking the confession of the faith. And sometimes the confession of our faith might require that. Of us, death. You recall all those Christian martyrs of old, those bold men and women and sometimes and often even children who stood fast on the floors of Roman Colosseums throughout the land. Their stages upon which the, the drama of their confession would be played out. Those men and women and children of old who rather than forsaking the faith instead fell by the sword of the bloodthirsty. Instead of forsaking the faith, they were devoured. Devoured by those beasts who far more innocently than the mobs thirsted for their blood. Recall them. Recall them all and the apostles too, who every last one of them, tradition tells us, save John, who by grace lived to older age to record for us the revelation, some of which we heard this morning. But the apostles, every last one of them, except John, all the apostles whose years were here below were, were, were brought to an abrupt end because they were unwilling to forfeit the inheritance of heaven above by conceding and, and renouncing their faith here below. And the list of martyrs, it goes on. The trail of blood is long. The list is long. The past, it certainly can remind us who we are. We're a persecuted people. Insults and lies and slander, as Christ said. And isn't that why Christ said what he did in the text for today? Remember, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you for my sake. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So they did, didn't they? They did it to the prophets. Remember a few weeks ago in the sermon we recounted the ways in which God's people treated those messengers of old. Some were sawn in two. Some dragged through the streets, stoned to death. They did it to the prophets. They did it to the sons of the prophets. They did it to the prophets, Lord. Remember our Lord's word on the night that he would be delivered over to his death, to his martyrdom, if you will. Remember what he said. He said, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And so they did. They did, didn't they? And they did it to his apostles. And I think we know what we rightly can expect as his 20th century disciples. Each year, when the pyramids 
these colorful cloths that adorn the pulpit and the altar and the, and the lectern and, and, the, and the color of the stole the pastor wears, those cloths that mark for us the, the season of the church year or the particular festival day each year when these pyramids are changed from Reformation's red in preparation for All Saints Day, it always seems almost fitting to, to just keep them red. To just keep them red, red for All Saints Day, red after all. Isn't that the color of blood? It's the color of martyrs' blood, persecution. Red makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, on, on All Saints Day? And yet not red, are they? Not red, but white. And white for very good reason. You see, this day, this one's for all the saints. This one is for all the saints. Those, those who have gone before us and marked the road with their blood, but those too who've gone before us and didn't die the martyr's death, but simply died. Those who... In the way that most all of us probably will encounter that inevitable wage of sin, those who simply fell asleep, as Scripture says, in the faith, they just fell asleep, not necessarily in barbaric ways, but in their beds, in hospital beds, in convalescing beds, in home beds, in their recliners perhaps at home, loved ones, lost by us, missed by us. Lovingly remembered by us. Loved ones now waiting for us. While they in heaven enjoy their eternal labor's rest. You see this day. This one's for all the saints. That means you too. Now sometimes we're rather inclined I suppose to pause there. To pause when we hear of our saintly status. We pause because... As that stone-inscribed bit of museum wisdom suggests to us, well, the past certainly can be beauty in that it reminds us who we are. It can also be burden. A burden because it can hurt being reminded who we are, who we were, who we've been. It can make us quite uncomfortable, can it? Sitting here while we recollect all those all too familiar moments in life, minutes in life that weren't even remotely saintly. That's the way it is, isn't it? Perhaps, perhaps nothing in life is as heavy on present shoulders as our days that have passed. Regrets, moments that we'd, we'd give anything to take back. Those moments past, they can be pressing, they can even be crushing sometimes, a burden. So that we know exactly what the psalmist David of old was feeling when he pleaded to the Lord saying, O Lord, do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, not the past. As I said, there's very good reason why the pyramids are not left red today, but are white. White, this white. White, you see, is the color of all the saints. It's the color for every saint. It's the reason for every saint. The reason, I say, because no saint, no matter how memorable, no matter how prominent, no saint is a saint because of his or her own saintly thoughts or words or deeds. Your thoughts, words, deeds, mine, they could never, ever make the saint. Remember what Scripture says about our very best thoughts, thought, and words spoken and deeds done are very best. Remember what Scripture says? 
In Isaiah, the Lord says, Your righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Not white, but filthy rags. And that's why St. Paul, as we call him, was not at all reserved about calling himself chief of sinners. He knew his past, persecuting Christ, prosecuting his, his saints. He knew the insults and the slander that he leveled. He knew the blood that was on his hands. He knew what he'd done. He knew the crimson stain of his sin. And you know yours, and I know mine. You know what else St. Paul knew? You know what else Paul of Tarsus knew? He knew the Scriptures. He knew the Scriptures. And he believed them for what they were, God's Word. And he believed them in what they said. And this is what they say. Even though your sins, says the Lord, are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Snow white, wool white, that's the white of all saints. That's the white of every saint. It's the reason for any saint. You know that old hymn, Chief of Sinners. Though I be, Jesus shed his blood for me. No matter, you see, the burden of our past, and I mean, no matter. No matter the burden of your past, there's a beauty far brighter. The past is indeed beauty above all burden because on a particularly good Friday, long past, Christ Jesus bore upon the cross our burden, Scripture says, and He carried our sorrows. When He who knew no sin, this one who was wool white, this Lamb of God, who knew no sin became the darkness of our sin for us so that in Him we might become saints. Saints, robed in the righteousness of God, pure as your bulletin cover says, reflecting the words of our second reading, pure as he is pure, blameless. Remember how the same Saint Paul so confidently describes that robe of saintly righteousness that, that once was won for us and since delivered to us? Here's what he says. For as many of you as were baptized have put on Christ. Baptism. And the faith, the faith that comes by baptism, that's what makes us and that's what, that's what keeps us holy, saintly, all life long. It's like we'll sing later on this morning in that, in that All Saints hymn, the beautiful scene of, of heaven described to us in, in Revelation. We'll sing these words, Behold a host arrayed in white, like thousand snow-clad mountains bright with palms they stand. Who is this band? Before the throne of light, lo, these are they of glorious fame, who from the great affliction came and in the flood of Jesus' blood are cleansed from guilt and blame. That's the confidence. It's the confidence in the flood of His blood that will sometimes make Christ's saints into necessary martyrs. Sometimes persecution wants to demand more than Christ's blood for salvation. Sometimes it'll demand less. Sometimes it'll tell us that Christ's words are outdated for us and need no longer apply to the current situation. And we can depart from them and leave them in the past. But we, friends, we have no choice 
As those redeemed by Christ, we have no choice but to follow where the truth of Christ and His saving blood require that we go. Indeed, no matter what's at stake, and I, literally I mean no matter what's at the stake, because perhaps you'll remember a Christian of olden days named Polycarp. Polycarp, a disciple of St. John, the Apostle, Bishop of Smyrna. In his day, there was a persecution of Christians that raged under the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius Antoninus. Well, Polycarp, hearing that he was being sought, escaped from the detection that, of his would-be captors, but he was discovered by a child. Well, the guards arrived to apprehend Polycarp, and he didn't resist. You know what he did? He instead, instead, he feasted with them. He feasted with his captors, and, and then asking for an hour before he was taken into captivity, he prayed fervently for his captors. And it so moved some of them that it said that his guards repented that they had ever been instrumental in taking him captive. Nonetheless, though, he was delivered up to the Roman proconsul to face the punishment of being identified as this follower of Christ. Condemned, Polycarp was fastened to a stake. And the fires below him were lit. Flames beginning to burn underneath him. The proconsul then urged Polycarp, he said, Polycarp, swear unto Caesar. All you need to do is swear unto Caesar and I'll release thee, Polycarp. Reproach Christ. Even though he was not nailed to the stake as was customary, but only loosely bound there to the stake, yet he stood firm. Bound by his confession, he stood firm and he would not move for he knew well that any step away from those fires was a step away from his confession and from his Lord. The aged Polycarp in the flames there, flames all around him, then answered, he said to the proconsul, Eighty and six years have I served him and he never once wronged me. How then shall I blaspheme my king who hath saved me? It's quite a confession. You know, all of us who have been confirmed here in the faith answered yes once to this question posed to us that day. Do you intend to continue steadfast in the confession of the faith in the church and to suffer all, even death, rather than to forsake it? And fall away from it? To that we answered yes. It's a tall promise to make. It's an even taller promise to keep. Because you and I can think of any number of situations in life when there is a lot at the stake. A lot at stake in standing firm. And we well might wonder if we're going to have that courage. Are we going to have the conviction to stand firm like Polycarp? Would we have that conviction? and the grace and the fortitude to be a martyr today, this very minute. You know that very question once was asked of a man who gave a most beautiful and a rather surprising answer. It was asked of him, would you have the grace this very minute to be a martyr? And you know what he answered? He said, no. No, at this moment I don't have that grace. But he said, what would I want a martyr's grace right now for? But then he quickly added this, this, he said, yet I know. If I'm ever called by my Lord to be a martyr, then on that date I'm, I'm certain 
On that very day, I'm certain that a martyr's grace is what I'll have. Beautiful. And you too. You too, whether it's life or limb or livelihood or reputation that's at, at stake. Whenever it will be that you're called upon to confess Christ, and you will be. Whenever you're called upon to confess Christ before men, you can count on it, the grace and the strength from Him. From Him who one day will not be ashamed to confess you before His Father who is in heaven. And friends, that, that's the wonder of All Saints Day. That's the confidence we have of All Saints Day, the beauty of All Saints Day. God sustaining His blood-bought saints through life's confession. And so like those dear and those faithful departed saints that have gone on to heaven before us, God too, keep us faithful unto death. That like we, or that rather that like them, we too might receive that crown of everlasting life. Blessed all saints day to you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.